Welcome to the Mal Hammer podcast, episode 112. Those birds are really loud. <laughs> just noticed. <laughs> they're, just, they're just happy. It's happy little birds. I was like, there's some birds tweeting before we started recording. And I was like, I can't hear them. It's fine. But if you can hear some happy little tweeters in the background, that's why. Hooray. Yay. Love birds. I'm addicted to my... Uh, oh, I'm Mel, by the way. This is Al. Hi, Al. Hi. <laughs> too casual. We're getting too casual over here. Um, I've, I've got some lovely birds in my garden as well, Al. Got a little bird feeder I put out and there's all sorts of little things there. I'm talking robins, blue tits, pigeons, sparrows, some other ones. I don't know what they're called. I'm all about giant crows. I mean, you don't get many of them around here, but yeah, sure. You get them around where I live. Got Game of Thrones. Do you know what I mean? Um, What are we talking about? Anyway, let's talk about metal. (laughs) There's loads going on to get through. Uh, We've got a review of one of the albums of the year coming up later on. I think that's probably fair to say. Uh, don't forget that as well that the latest issue of Metal Hammer is out now. You've got about a week or so left in the UK to pick up our Dave Mustaine issue. Really great interview with him. We've also got interviews with people like Trivium in there. Um, we've got a big thing on British Steel turning 40 this year. We've got a thing on Peter Steele, who uh, the anniversary of his death was 10 years ago this month. Um, loads and loads of stuff. Elle just did a little praise sign because she's a Peter Steele fangirl. Um, <laughs> Well, I have to tell them. They can't see. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, loads and loads of great stuff in there. It's out now. We're very proud of it. Um, obviously, we appreciate it's not that easy to kind of uh, go out and get a hold of a magazine these days. So all we'll say is that if you happen to be out doing uh, shopping for genuinely important things and you happen, you happen to see one, um, go pick it up. Don't go pick it up. Pick it up if you're already there. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Uh, and of course, you can always subscribe or get them sent directly to your uh, device as well. Um, if you want to, you know, get them sent to you. We do all that too. tinyurl.com slash buy hammer to buy it online and tinyurl.com slash hammer subs for all our subscription deals. Uh, should we talk about some of the newsy stuff that's been going on this week? It's been quite a busy week, actually. It has, yeah. Considering the circumstances, it's been a really busy week. Evanescence have announced a new record. Hooray! It's called, it's called the bitter truth. Have you seen the picture of it with the open mouth, with the tongue and the pill? I have. I have. Com- I see what they've done there. <laughs> it's coming out later this year, and it's their first full length since their self-titled album in two thousand and eleven. That is crazy. It's really hard to get your head around that, isn't it? It is. I was thinking about this the other day, and this is the kind of pointless um, meandering on time that I do quite a lot of. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Amy Lee was actually the first person I ever interviewed for Metal Hammer. Um, it was in either my first or maybe at the most second week. I got sent off to do a, um, we used to have a feature in the magazine called Discs of Doom. And I went over to do one with her. She was really, really cool, like really good life to hang out with and talk to. Um, and I remember that, it, to me, at, by that point, I remember thinking it had been a few years since their last album at that point, because this was on the self-titled record. So this is in 2011. And I remember thinking, God, it's been ages since Evanescence have done a record. Like, they're that band from kind of the post new metal era who, like, all the goth girls I knew were going mental over for a few years. And, and now they're kind of a bit more of a veteran band, I guess. And that's such a weird thing to think. Um, and that was eight years since they'd released Fallen at that point. And now it's nine years since they released that fucking self-titled album. So it's the longest, not only the longest period that they've... Um, gone without releasing an album of their own material but kind of like over half their career as we've known them now since they last released a record that's a long time to kind of stay out i know they did the synthesia 
Yeah. Is that all right? The one with the orchestra. Yeah, the one with the orchestra. They did that, but um, that was a bit of a different thing. So it's quite a long time for them to stay out of the game, as it were. Yeah, it's really crazy looking back. It's one of those things where you just blink and then time goes. <laughs> yeah, it has been a really long time. I'm curious to see how it's going to sound, to be honest with you. Like, are they going to sort of go straight back into it and it's going to feel like a follow-up or are they going to have tried something new? Because yeah. nine years is a... Yeah, it's a long time. It is, yeah. Uh, they released new, by the time this podcast comes out on Thursday, actually, they may have released their new single called Wasted On You, um, which is due out imminently. Um, I really liked a lot of that last album as well. I know it was a long time ago now, but um, I thought that, as it called What You Want, Do What You Want You Want, that one was a tune. My Heart Is Broken might be my favourite non-Fallen Evanescence song as well. That's an absolutely massive song. Um, so I was about to say they're still capable of writing great songs but that was nearly 10 years ago so <laughs> who knows who knows it's so so weird you um, like to think that having been on the road and done those tours and things that they'll be in the zone you know yeah maybe you'll be in the zone and the, the weird thing is is that since that last proper album came out you can make a serious case for uh, uh, not just uh, i mean again people hate it when we compare these bands and i completely understand why but if you look at the where the kind of scene came from and the bands that slightly influence each other and they're doing their own thing you know they're touring with evanescence uh, with uh, within temptation sorry at some point um and you could make an argument now that within temptation are bigger in europe than evanescence were when evanescence were at their peak and the same for nightwish as well again i appreciate slightly different bands they've come from different areas but when you kind of looked at how those bands all used to get thrown together Evanescence were by a mile the biggest out of that lot. And now they're not so much anymore. So it'll be interesting to see where they fit in the, in the rock and metal scene today when the album drops. Um, slightly less delayed or kind of <laughs> space between records. Uh, the new Lamb of God album uh, has been slightly delayed. The self-titled album, it was due to come in a couple of weeks. It's now going to come out in June. Very much worth the wait though. So uh, don't worry about that. Um, so it's been nudged back slightly, but the good news is that new track, New Colossal Hate, is also coming this week. Uh, so either today or around today or tomorrow, you'll be able to hear that. Um, have you heard it, Merlin? Uh, yes, as I know you have as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you are a big Lamb of God fan, you're definitely going to want to pay attention to what Metal Hammer are up to next week, for sure. So if you're a bit annoyed that the album's been delayed, I'm sure you're not, because we all understand the weird situation that's going on. Um, but if you're looking forward to that, we might have a little something for you to tide you over in the meantime. What else is going on? Skindred have released a t-shirt to raise money for the NHS charities. You can go yeah. to their Facebook to find out more. So, the lads. Yeah, it's sort of like a Skindred with rainbow colours on it. Because obviously everyone's, all the kids and stuff have been doing rainbows, haven't they? Putting them in the windows for the NHS. So it's kind of a, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Rainbow I mean, t-shirt. It's weird that... Um, everyone's having to kind of raise money for the NHS, I guess, because it's something that shouldn't be happening, but it's great to see that, um, or shouldn't have to happen, I should say, but it's great to see so many bands stepping up and doing something. I know Devin's um, doing something for the NHS as a part of his ongoing series of live streams. Um, obviously, Download released a T-shirt which I bought. Um, so yeah, really, really cool stuff. Uh, in, I'll believe it when I see it, news. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tool drummer Danny Kerry has been saying he hoped that he hopes that Tool can knock out an EP during this period of isolation. I mean, it took them 13 years to get an album out, so I'll be amazed if it takes them a year to do another EP. But I think he's being really optimistic. Danny always seems to be the kind of like 
one who is happy to show up and do stuff and get things moving and he's happy just to improvise something out and the other guys are a bit more uh well especially uh, adam has very perfectionistic tendencies so i'd be very surprised if they write something during lockdown yeah. <laughs> i mean would you would you accept a um given how they work would you accept a uh, instrumental ep that came down to that would you like to hear something like that from tool or would you not or is it no main hard no party no i'd i'd be into that i think like it's funny isn't it like would you accept it's like anything that any band wants to release is better than nothing a band releases do you know what i mean like what's well, about that have you seen what some <laughs> bands have released <laughs> i definitely think it'd be interesting for sure um if i think anything they put out i'd be very very curious about so yeah anything they want to do i'd listen to i'm sure you would um and yeah danny the reason we're talking about this is because danny did a web i was gonna say a web seminar but apparently it's one web now webinar um, the word's oh, been around for years people have, been trying to make, people have been trying to make webinar happen for like 20 years and now everyone's really excited because they can use it oh god i'm old um <laughs> they did during a recent webinar for <laughs> music uh he said i'm hoping during this downtime as soon as we're able maybe we'll get together justin and i and adam maybe start hashing out some new tool stuff in the meantime maybe write another ep since we're down and we can't do anything i'm just kind of waiting on that so um I'll say we'll see, but we won't. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. I would love to, I'm going to play Cynic and then I'll be overjoyed to be proven wrong. That's the way to trick your mind. That's the way to trick my mind. It's very easily tricked these days. Um, <laughs> we're going to do the album of the week now. And it's an album we've been looking forward to talking about for literally months. Um, I said in a tweet that uh, the new... Um, trivia album what the dead men say is the album of their career and a lot of people kind of went at me um including a few people going no it's not and i was like oh well, i've not even listened to it yet so i mean if you're gonna take that attitude then i can't it's not, not like it's <laughs> you but um i thought I can't, i've been listening and listening to their whole back catalog over the last couple of days to kind of contextualize everything properly in my mind and think about uh how i would justify such an explosive statement um because we've been here before with trivium haven't we they've been through a period of i mean at the very least kind of uh uncertainty and kind of felt a little bit directionless and sidestepping and experimentation an album with david draymond producing no one asked for that um and i and again i listened to it Elle's sticking out her lip because she likes david draymond hey <laughs> david draymond but i listened to avengers falls this morning again it's so weird to hear it's even now it's still so weird to hear Matt Treefy Matt Treefy who's that Matt Heafy literally just imitating David Draymond it's so strange and I'm like the band talked about the recording process with them at the time but I'm still gagging to kind of be a fly on the wall for how David Draymond ended up getting him to sing like that because he he really does do the whole kind of thing and it's just like this is mad but that record has strife on it which is one of my favorite trivium songs and then obviously we know that they then lurched into silence in the snow which absolutely has its fans our very own dom lawson gave it a glowing review at the time but kind of in hindsight felt like it wasn't what trivium fans were really hoping for turbo cheesy power metal 
Um, there's some good riffs on there and some good ideas, but it's just, I don't know, it didn't quite seem right. Um, and then they go and pull Sin and the Sentence out of the bag, which I think me and you have kind of talked about it since. And I didn't say this much, um, you know, on Twitter or anything because I didn't want to undermine it if I then turned around and said, no, this is the best thing they've done. But in a lot of ways, the Sin and the Sentence is my favorite trivium album now. And I think you have said similar, right? Yeah, it's my favourite one. I love it. I just love everything about it. Which is why when you tweeted about this being the album of Trivium's career, I was like, oh, but I really love The Sin and the Sentence. I'm really, 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 really attached to it. Well, so in, I reviewed this for the magazine and I said, um, said in the review for the mag, you can read the whole thing in the issue out now. Um, <laughs> I said, one of the 21st century's very best metal bands have just produced one of their very best albums. And at the very least, I think what the Dead Men say is absolutely one of their very best albums. The reason I say it's the album of their career is because after those kind of slightly dodgy couple of records, they put out an album that was basically as fundamental back to basics, trivium writing, banging trivium songs as you can probably get. Like you go back and listen to this in, in the sentence and it's like every song on there sounds great. It's just like banger after banger after banger. And you're like, oh yeah, this one. Oh yeah, this one. Oh yeah, this one. Like every song on there is great. And this album doesn't have that same initial impact. Like I remember when we first played it in the office and we were a bit like, okay and then as the album kind of moved on we were like oh this is really good actually and then by the end we're like fuck this is actually excellent yeah i thought that might happen (laughs) in what sense (laughs) just thought it might like i think because i love the sin and the sentence so much it honestly got really attached to that record so when we first heard this one i was a bit like oh it's not the sin and the sentence and i just felt a bit flat and then as i listened to it more i got really into it i think objectively you could definitely say it's objectively definitely hmm. i think you can objectively <laughs> definitely say this is uh better than the sin of the sentence it's just i really love the sin of the sentence personally like if you were to break everything down and what they're doing on every single song and the fact that some of it is just so metal as well you could definitely make a case for this being the best one i just you know and maybe in time i'll love it more but i still personally just i'm really obsessed with the it's kind of like it's hard, I think... it's hard, hard for me to like give up my favorite one i think yeah totally and the thing is the sin in the sentence was such a big album because i've got to be honest when we put that album on i remember their pr kind of said to us i think the new trivium album is really good and you know with certain prs and people you can always kind of tell when everyone in their camp genuinely feels like they're onto something special just from the way they say to you and i remember putting the album the sentence on and being like uh just don't feel that bothered about a new Trivium album anymore. And then it just ripped my face off. And I was like, what the hell is this? Where has this come from? And this album doesn't do that in that way. But it kind of reminds me of where Machine Heads were at when they were just about to release The Blackening in terms of, again, they'd been through a bit of a dodgy period, put out some divisive records, um, kind of changed up their image of it, done this and that. Obviously been through some real difficulty with getting dropped from the label and then resigned and everything. And then they put out through the Ashes of Empires and it was like, oh shit, Machine Head are back. And I still think to this day, you're not going to find a better album opener maybe on any male album than Imperium. Um, Amazing. uh, But then they did the blackening. And what the blackening did was basically take that template and make it denser and more layered and just more full of stuff to delve into to the point where like, we still talk about that album 10 years on, uh, 11, 13 years on now, is it? Fucking hell. Um, and it's become like a real hallmark album for them. And I kind of feel like what the Dead Men say could do the same thing. I'm not saying it's going to be seen as, 
you know, the kind the defining classic album of this year, like the Blackening was. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to be it's going to be the album where everyone starts talking about fucking Trivium is festival headliners again. That conversation's boring now. We don't need to keep on using that barometer with them all the time. I don't think. Um, but they've basically taken everything that makes this band great and turned it into this really layered, heavy, considered, clever, just taut, like explosive metal record that's just got so much going on all over the place that it's going to take. It takes. It took me like weeks to really really like gauge how i felt about it um i think actually what you just said i really agree with about it has everything in it i found a quote from when i interviewed matt in 2017 before the sin and sentence came out and he was talking about the song betrayer and he says i think this is probably one of the most unique songs on the record in the influences it draws from it's the most punk chorus we've ever had and that middle section is very black metal and there are woes happening underneath it it's a strange mixture of music, and that's why I love it so much. I think that's what Trivium does best. What we love playing the most, what our fans love about us, is when Trivium has everything. I think that's the key. And I feel like that's what they've done on this record. They've done the everythingness that they did on a song like Betrayer on every song. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, and, and it all works as well. And what, and what I love about this is that it, this could have really turned into a bloated album from them because they are throwing so much stuff in there. Um, like you listen to a track like Sickness Unto You, there's so many things going on there. And I think if they'd done that across like 11, 12, 13 tracks, this record would have started to feel maybe a little bit bloated, but it's not. It's really concise. There's nine tracks on here plus like an intro track. Um, and every every song stands up and every song's got something to say for itself. I mean, what the Dead Men saying attached to Fist, obviously they released those, so chances are you've heard them out there already. Um, but just even between those two songs, the amount of different riffs just flying at you from nowhere, it's just fucking ridiculous. And the switches um, as well, like the way that he switches between yeah. clean and unclean, the way that the tempo switches between like really, really, really fast and slow down again, you don't get bored ever because there's always something that's like, lighting up your brain every minute absolutely and yet still even in within all of that and this is what again where those kind of blackening comparisons come in for me um it's got big choruses what the dead men say has got a massive chorus catastrophist that chorus is going to be absolutely huge when people finally get to sing that live it's just I'm got like festival all over it and that final like whoa whoa near the end is going to have everybody going crazy you just know it's coming um, and then it switches from those tracks into Amongst the Shadows and the Stones, which is like the fastest track on the record. So heavy, so urgent, just absolutely relentless. Um, Heafy's vocals just sound explosive on this song as well, um, which is, a, you know, something of a, uh, you know, something that happens across most of the album. Um, and as well, like Alex Bent on drums, what he's brought to the band is crazy because it just feels yeah. like he never stops battering the shit out of that kit throughout this whole record. I know, it's mad. It's just like... Even a bit where you think it's slow, you actually listen to it and you go, oh, hang on, no, it's not. <laughs> like, yeah. The drumming is just insane. What's that song as well where it just gets faster and faster? I think Catastrophist, it just gets like yeah, faster, and faster and faster and faster and faster. And you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I actually said in my review of Catastrophist. I said that um, uh, just, yeah, dials, dials up the intensity over and over again and just doesn't stop. Uh, and then uh, Bleed Into Me I love this song again absolutely massive emotional chorus I love that kind of swaying seesawing vibe it's got going on um, definitely could picture like arms waving and all that kind of stuff they really um, ramp up in that as well like the lead guitar just goes like it just really starts going and you just kind of think like they're really good at that like 
building up and releasing dynamic like the tension and release like they just keep doing it over and over again but not in a way that is annoying in a way that you barely notice and, and then you're just going oh this is amazing yeah absolutely absolutely um i mean we, like, we could talk about literally every track on here because they're all so good the defiant i think has a very similar vibe to heart from your hate which is interesting because that was the mm-hmm. um in terms of streaming numbers and stuff that was the biggest song on the last album uh and so i'm wondering if they kind of roughly stayed with a similar template because they knew it works um but it's it's they it's like they've taken that template and again just beefed it up and injected it with steroids and just run with it so it reminds me of ascendancy as well that one just the chorus standing in the fire of your wake and then in the background you've got the you know backing vocals going like off the fires that really reminds me just of ascendancy just the the way it's so melodic i think there's elements of um almost every single trivium album in this record actually like even the more kind of anthemic elements of um even stuff on the crusade and also silence in the snow you can kind of see kind of woven into this in certain places um like scouring the ashes that's a fucking great tune as well again such a big chorus like uh they like you can just see thousands and thousands and thousands of people singing these songs back at them but they're choruses that are embedded within these, these tornadoes of riffs and blast beats and just bass lines going off everywhere. There's just so much happening. Um, I love Bending the Arc to Fear as well. That's where you can definitely see, further to your point earlier, El, um, where they've kind of dabbled in the more extreme metal stuff. There's like definitely blackened and death metal elements in there. Gajira pick scrapes going off, which is definitely something we're hearing more of in metal a lot these days. Yeah. Um, the Trivium totally pulled that off. Um, and then, yeah, the ones we leave behind is just such a great song to finish with because it's really fast and urgent. But it's again, it's got this emotional pull to it where you feel yourself kind of getting pulled into the song. Um, and then that's that's it. That's all of them. There's just nine tracks on here, but they but they all they all fit. There's not a second wasted. Um, and it's really interesting to me that uh, for this record, they um, Heafy's been saying that they kind of just ran into a studio and got it all done in like three weeks or so. Um, and often that can lead to songs sounding a little bit half-assed or kind of by the numbers, but there's absolutely nothing by the numbers on here. Everything sounds like it's been considered and carefully crafted, um, but no, never overthought. Uh, and yeah, I, well, I think it's fucking great. He said as well that, I think it was, might have been in our feature actually, that because he's doing so much streaming on Twitch, he's playing his guitar all the time and singing a lot more. So he's just constantly doing it. And I know he was... Um, He's always practiced a lot anyway, and especially with his voice. He's been doing a couple of hours a day since he had problems with it. But he really sounds so polished and so practiced. Um, and that might have come into play as well. Yeah, when you mentioned Bleed Into Me, actually, there's the bit where uh, the lyrics are tell them the story, tell them the truth. And it just yeah. really reminded me of when they're recording the Witcher cover on Twitch. And it's sort of like, I thought that had a slight Witchery vibe to it. But maybe that's just because I watched him doing it. That's, in- that's interesting. I mean, I have a feeling, I'm pretty sure they would have done that song by the time The Witcher thing came out, wouldn't they? Probably would have done. Probably just making connections that aren't there. Well, I don't know. But, but I can Probably. kind of see, like, I think just because I have watched him a bit on Twitch, I sort of have that image in my mind, like when he's doing the big screams, you know, yeah. it's like I can see in my mind's eye, like, what it's like when he's on the service so it's kind of interesting to see how that might have changed things too yeah totally and, and also it does show that the witcher is such a metal friendly song <laughs> that <it just laughs> so seamlessly fits into it my brain just song. likes the witcher so it just wants to insert it into everything <laughs> yeah <definitely. laughs> um 
yeah I, I, it's it's a fantastic album it's not just a really good album it's a fantastic album and i do think it is at the very least as good as everything they've ever done um or anything they've ever done i should say uh i think if i was gonna have to compare it to one record i'd probably say shogun because i think that's got quite a similar vibe to it in terms of um being a very layered album that still has loads of big hooks and big choruses and still like is very catchy um and that is my favorite trivium album so maybe that's why i love this one so much as well but i i think um they got to a point again where they'd come out of a difficult and and not musically great period with a great album and and then it's kind of the and now what um and the last time they were in that position they came out with shogun and then they did in waves and in waves is a great album but it kind of felt that was almost like a bit dialed back compared to a lot of shogun maybe um just a tiny bit whereas this feels like they've taken what came before and they've built upon it and they've made what I think is as close to a definitive Trivium album as you're going to get. And I, and I absolutely stand by what I've said so far and that this is as good as anything I've ever done. It might be the very best thing they've ever done. Um, and it's the Trivium album that they needed to make right now. Uh, and I think it's, in terms of like metal, like indisputably metal records, um, this is the best metal album of the year so far for me. This is a really frivolous point now after you've said all that really good stuff. But I really like the fact that they, the song titles are in the lyrics. Like they sing the song titles. Because yeah. I'm somebody that really likes to sing along to songs. Like obviously there's some things I just don't have, you know, the vocal range for. <laughs> but I, this is one of the kind of albums that obviously we're not in the office at the moment, but it's the kind of thing we'd have on in the office like we had in the sentence on and I'd just be annoying everybody by singing all the songs and when What the Dead Men Say came out like you and me were just singing that hook like over and over doing and over. our production editor Vanessa's head in <laughs> what the it dead was so say. yeah it's absolutely yeah no I'm glad you said that actually though because it reminded me as well that um, one thing I just love about Trivium and something they have never backed down from apart from maybe a little bit on some of the crusade is that their song titles are always just so nerdy and so metal. Like they're such an unshamably metal band. Like wherever they've gone in their career, the ups and downs, like the fact that one of the albums we're not too keen on, it's not like they kind of on um, Silence in the Snow, like they kind of went and tried to write a load of radio rock. They went, now fuck it, we're going to do like a proper heavy metal, power metal style album. Like they are the most definitive metal band that to, to have come out of that period of the mid noughties when loads of young bands were breaking. And I mean, I said, I actually said this to Hefe, um in the interview I did for the podcast a few weeks back that you can listen to uh, right now. Um, who the hell calls a song catastrophist? I love it. I'm obsessed you know with I mean? it. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like on the last record, there was revanchist, which is a word yeah. that they made up. Uh, we've got, we've done a track by track. You can see it on the website. I, I'm not going to guess at the exact meaning, but there was, yeah, I think it's Paolo wrote it and had like a whole meaning behind what it is and stuff. And I love Catastrophe. I love the song. I love the title. We often talk about catastrophizing. So, you know. You do. Not that we're always doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it's funny what you say about Paolo as well, because he wrote most of the lyrics for this album, which is very unusual for Trivium. Um, he wrote it on the last one as well. He was the big writer for the last record too uh he wrote more on this one though he said in all the interviews oh, right cool um but um yeah he, he, he gave him more of his stuff to do i think than paolo normally does um uh and sometimes that can lead to a bit of a conflicted album but if anything this sounds more focused for for, for it which is great 
Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this record. It's one of the best metal albums of the year. I think it's going to stand the test of time. I think people will look back on this as um, one of the best Trivium records, uh, maybe the best. It is right up there. And I say that as someone who really, really, really loves Sin in the Sentence as well. But I think if they try the exact same thing again, it like they could have ended up doing something. What I thought was going to happen with this Trivium album was that they were basically going to do something that sounded like Sin in the Sentence but it wasn't quite as good. But they haven't done that. They've taken a slightly different approach and it's totally worked for me. It is a fucking killer album. Uh, I love it's it. out on Friday. I love it. I think it's just so good. I agree with everything you've said, which is kind of unusual that we agree on something so completely. Um, That's true, actually. And yeah, I love the Sin in the Sentence, but this is also just really brilliant. There's so much to love in every song. There are so many twists and turns. Never get bored. There's always a bit that ramps up that makes you kind of feel just really like excited about listening to it. And it's something that you just want to put on again when you've heard it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's short enough so that once it's finished, you just want to smack it straight back on again. The revanchist is a real word, so sorry, everybody. But you can read that track by track online. See? Educational as well <laughs> as metal. Um, that is, yeah, Trivium, What the Dead Men Say, out this Friday on Roadrunner. Absolutely brilliant album. You can still read our interview with Trivium, as I mentioned, in the current issue, as well as my uh, glistening 9 out of 10 review of the records in the magazine as well. Um, loads of stuff out this week as well, just to pick a couple off the top of my head. There's Catatonia out this week. I was loving that. Uh, the Elder Records really- out. Loads of people love that Elder album um and certainly the last one as well and a new sirith ungull album i did not think i'd be saying that but that's about as heavy metal as it gets so literally you have to listen to the castonia record city burials it's amazing it's just got old school massive metal riffs in but loads of atmospherics as well you can read about it in our sister magazine prog did you write that yes excellent (laughs) (laughs) i was just checking otherwise i thought it was quite a random plug cool yeah go go pick up prog as well yeah definitely um we're going to take some reader questions from facebook.com slash metal hammer readers um i say it every week because i mean it such a great community we've got down there so if you listen to this podcast and you you know feel a bit lonely or you want to just kind of hang out with like-minded people come join us on there it's a really good uh, good hangout space uh sam welch asks first band you want to see live when normality returns if you could see any band live we're finally out of lockdown the social distancing's lifted. We can go to gigs again. Who's the first band you'd want to see? I was thinking in more practical terms about stuff that's been postponed that I really want to see. I really want to see Partway Drive. Be listening to them a lot recently. I nice. love their live record. It's got loads of tracks on it from their headlining set last year at Wacken. It's amazing. It makes me feel like I'm at a festival, even though we can't do anything like that at the moment. And they always have an amazing show now. All the pyro, all the everything. So I would love to see them rescheduled and we also saw that not fest japan have rescheduled for next january and who knows what's going to be happening with travel and finances and all the rest of it but i would love to go to something like that because i'm a big fan of slipknot and i'm also learning japanese so <laughs> and corn and marilyn manson are playing that so i know it's literally the dream hell. it's literally the dream so yeah i'd love to go to any of those but really just anything <laughs> Yeah, I, that's what I think as well. I think that first band that I even remotely like that I'm able to go to a gig for, I'll fucking Just gonna go. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I could choose anybody, it, it's a weird one because it's going to have a slightly different emotional tinge to it now for obvious reasons. But the band that I always 
get the most hyped and most lose myself in is the prodigy so if they ended up doing anything again um that would be i think the climax of like oh my god i'm at a gig and i'm gonna absolutely lose my shit for the next two hours um yeah i'd love to see them again but anybody really i was just thinking how much i'd love to go see kvelatak again actually because um i saw them not that long ago but the new album's so great and the stream gig was so good and they're so great live i'd love to see them uh yeah slipknot's a great shout i'm really looking forward to code orange getting over here because it feels yeah, like everyone definitely. will have been waiting for it for ages so that'll be really good fun um and yeah uh, the, uh, let's be honest it'll probably be next summer now but the first time we all get to properly stand in a festival together will be fucking amazing as well can't wait uh although i should say of course that there are festivals out there that just didn't haven't officially had to cancel yet so hopefully something can happen there but we'll see matt mm. heeks asks apologies if this gets answered during the album of the week chats but where would you rank what the dead men say against the other big bands of the last few years all right so for me again i've been listening to this album for about two months compared to a couple of years with the other bands but I would absolutely say it is. So I love, I love, I really love the last Slipknot album. I think this is better than the last Slipknot album. Um, I think, uh, you know, this is going to rank, this is going to be fighting for just simply by way of maths in terms of that Slipknot album's great, but it's definitely nowhere near my favorite Slipknot album. Whereas this is going to be ranking, this is going to be battling out for my favorite Trivium album. And that's, you know, I'd like to think quite high praise because Trivium are great. Um, oh, it's a hard one, really, because I just thought, what, what's been big? Ramstein came out last year. I don't really want to compare this to a Ramstein album because I just. That's thought, what I think. I feel weird ranking them against other bands because I'd go to different bands for different things. So I know it's like, yeah, of course, you, you know, I could see why you could make a statement about one band being better than another band in your own opinion, but it makes me feel a bit weird. Yeah, I think for me, Trivium are in a slightly different place in their career. I mean, they've been around for a good while now, but you know, I don't think they're at that stage that bands like Slipknot and Ramstein and you know, certainly not Metallica are at, where um, they the kind of you kind of consider their classic album to be set in stone, and now they're kind of a veteran band that have become a bit of a franchise and are doing some things. I think Trivium is still in a, a slot, not quite at that point in their careers yet. They're just that bit younger. So, um, I think know, we have different ask... op- Sorry. No, no, go on. Finished. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we have different opinions on that anyway, because in terms of the Slipknot record and the Ramstein record, I think they're the last records of my favourite releases by those bands. Oh! Yeah, I know. I knew that was just... Lighting a little match oh, throwing it into your house. The Slipknot album. I, I wow. honestly love it. I well, know. let's save that this. Let's park this for next week because we'll bring this up next week then because we're going big on, on Slipknot for something next week. I feel like I don't want to commit just yet until we have that conversation. But yeah, of course. It's safe to say that I love that last record. And you know, you know that that last Ramstein one is my favourite because we had a chat about that. I think because yeah, like in terms of an album having many many tracks in it that you like and the flow of it that for me has a really good hit rate and a really good flow whereas other albums that i also like don't have quite the same hit rate or flow so like judging it from that point of view you know i hate rating things and making lists but if i if i have to then yeah wow that's i'm not surprised by ramstein you still saying that 
because um, I actually remember by the time I heard Spiders, I was like, I was going to fucking love this album. <laughs> and I actually remember saying that to you afterwards. It's like, you wait until you hear this track. Um, That's like something from my brain. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, hard to rank. But so all I can say, you know, I'm not saying I like trivia more than I like Slipknot or anything like that. I'm just saying I can't remember the last time a band put an album out that are kind of a veteran band that have had an up and down points in their career where I thought this might be the best thing they've done. Um, apart from maybe the last Trivium album, <laughs> but that just proves what a good run of form they're in. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Adam Reese says, if you could form a band out of Simpsons characters, who would be in it? What would they be called? And what style of music would they play? I just realized that I haven't, I haven't done a name. No, I haven't done a name. Oh no. Oh no. I need to think of a pun quickly. So, uh, what's a good pun? Oh, I've got oh. one. Oh, I can't think. Have you got one? Oh, I can't, exactly, think of, yeah. can't think of a pun. Oh, no. Shall I, who's going first then with the band? Um, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, I've actually been, um, I brought, bought a certain, uh, may have bought a certain streaming service that is now available, as are other streaming services. Um, <laughs> so that, just so that I could binge watch The Simpsons and I've, it's been an absolute joy. I'm up to season five now, so I'm right in the golden run, and it's amazing. Uh, so I'm well-versed on this. <clears throat> I would have Snake on vocals, obviously. My favourite background Simpsons character, like my favourite of all the minor characters. Everything he says is hilarious, and he's metal as shit. Like, he must have played in a band at some point. Look at him. Um, and I would just love to hear him going, all right, every time they, like, start a song. Um, Otto obviously has to be in there, lead guitar. He can actually play guitar. And he is uh, the only kind of dyed-in-the-wall metalhead that's been in The Simpsons since the start. Um, I've got Disco Stew on bass because <laughs> he can like hold the funky rhythms down, I thought. I thought that's quite good. Um, and then I've got Homer on drums just because I was trying to think something really, someone really angry that could just smash the crap out of everything. <laughs> so I put Homer on drums. And then obviously I've got Lisa on sax. So just for a bit of bonus. And I'll call my band The Hellfish. <laughs> I don't get it. You know, the biker gang. Uh, no, not the biker gang. Sorry, the um, the um, the uh, that's the wrong thing. It's the uh, the like soldier, the the like platoon that um, Abe Simpson was in. Oh, I don't remember. Sorry. The biker gang was something different. I got mixed up. But yeah, it's oh. the. Uh, I need a rewatch. Wow. Well. The flying hellfish. Was... They were called. It's uh, was... Grandpa and Mr. Burns were in the flying hellfish infantry squad. I, I got mixed up with the biker gang that um, steal uh, Marge for a bit, but that's a different thing. I've actually got a Hellfish keyring as well. My lineup is fairly similar to yours. There's some obvious choices in there. Uh, I felt like it had to be a metal band as well. I put Bart as the front man. It's an obvious choice. He was in a boy band called Party Posse in an episode in 2001. So I thought he could probably like do some good metal vocals if he tried. I put Lisa on the saxophone. I thought it'd be like Jorgen Munkenby in Shining, a bit of black jazz in there. Nice, nice. And I had Otto on guitar, like you as well, because you have to. And then I had Millhouse on bass, because I thought that'd be nice. <laughs> Millhouse! I thought it'd be He's nice. called Thrill Ho. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be nice because him and Bart are best mates. So it's like they're best mates in a band. You could imagine them starting it together and then like roping in Otto because they're, you know, sort of mates with him, even though there's like obviously an age gap. Um, yeah, Actually, and then Lisa's Can I change my band name? I would call my band, I would call my band Thrill Ho. Definitely. Okay. 
And then I put Snake as the drummer because I thought he'd be a really good drummer. He seems like he'd be able to do it. And then as bonus drummers like Slipknot have, I put Kang and Kodos Johnson, the aliens. That's awesome. So then they'd use their tentacles to like bang on the drums. That's a great idea. Yeah. What gig Um, So I'm I might just call them Blinky because I really (laughs) because I really like Blinky. You can't have a heavy metal band called Blinky. (laughs) But all the merchandise can have a three-eyed fish on it. Of course, you had to. You had to get the fish, the one legendary fish character from The Simpsons. I should have put Blinky in the band. No, he's not going to be very good. Just flop about like a magic harp. Um, sure. Yeah, I'm going to call him Blinky. Maybe we can make him more metal by calling it like Blaze Blinky or something. I'm making it worse. I don't know. Blaze Blinky. <laughs> Sounds like a Captain America sidekick. It's awful. I was thinking of Blaze Bailey. Well, Blaze Binky. Like the worst superhero in Justice League or something. Or the Teen Titans. Look, I don't know, okay? I didn't oh, Blaze I... Blinky. It's crap. I didn't realise that I had to do a name, so I just picked the fish because I love fish. Well, you can have Hellfish if you want because you love fish so much. And I, I do, yeah. But I, but I want Blinky on the merch. Uh, just set him on fire. Um, Amy Bentlew says, uh, what's the best way to keep track of all the band's live stream shows? We do have a running um, kind of news thing uh, on the Metal Hammer website, actually, where we kind of go through all the cool stuff bands are doing. Um, so, yeah, you can, you can go and just kind of, if you keep basically coming back to that news uh, feed each day, um, you'll be the first to know when a band's doing a live thing i think papa roach have just announced something quite cool haven't they yeah so the page we've got on the website is called the latest live streams online gigs and innovation from the music world papa roach are doing a q a on infest on saturday night at 9 p.m which i'm definitely going to listen 20 to 20 years of infest yes and then you mentioned obviously devin townsend's doing charity gigs at the moment he's got three on uh, i got tickets for the third one i think at the time i got it there are a few left the other two are sold out but he's also put the first gig he's done up on YouTube. So you can actually watch his first one there anyway. Excellent. Thanks, Elle. So you can You're keep via that site or just ask Elle. Um, also, on the first gig that Devin Townsend did, he's got his octopus plush toy in it. So that's better. It's amazing. even better than it could be. Do you like sea creatures, Elle? Uh, <laughs> do you want to do the last question? <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, Vivek Power asks, how many Quarantine Boomer double albums will we get when the dust settled? A side comment, we need to give Lost Society some love. New album, New Absolution is absolutely killer. Yeah, Lost Society are cool. Uh, I think they're finished, aren't they? Finished thrash bands. They are finished thrash slash groove Yeah, really decent little bands. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, Check them out if you haven't, and especially if you're into thrash music, they are definitely one of the best younger bands doing it. Uh, so how many double albums are we going to get out of quarantine is basically the question well um yeah there's you'd presume there's a lot of writing going on i guess the problem is is like because i remember saying to my mate like oh there's gonna be loads of good music that comes out of this because everyone's gonna have nothing better to do but also you can't really force creativity and productivity and so you know sitting in your house with literally nothing to do might not actually be I know people could be like, oh, you can write about the coronavirus. I don't want 50 double albums out next year all talking about coronavirus. Please, no. Nine Chanel's have done it. Leave it alone. Yeah, exactly. And they did it like kind of uh, artistic, not artistically. That's what I'm trying to say. It was really timely. Yeah, it was timely. 
um and kind of like almost abstract like the way they did it it was all about feeling and vibe rather than just writing lyrics going viruses are shit over and over again which they are make no mistake about it uh yeah maybe we'll get some though i can't think of many bands i'd actually want a double album from though to be honest i think um, yeah it's a really rare exception when they work i think so too i'm about being concise and having something that just comes in and you enjoy it i mean there are good double albums but I don't know. Is the quarantine going to make people do a double album any more than usual? Because most people and most bands, they do have more tracks than they actually put on the record, but then you kind of pick the best ones, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's some double albums I love all the way through, like Use Your Illusion 1 or 2. I pretty much don't skip anything on that. Um, I love um, Outcast's double album, Speaker Box Love Below, absolute classic. Um, there's not a lot more that I'm really into. I know there are out there. I mean, the Book of Souls was released as a double album, but I, it's like 12 tracks on it or something, if that. Um, so it's kind of not really the same as like a proper double album. Metallica. But, uh, see, I don't, I, that's one where I absolutely think if I, I think most of the second, that if that had um, just been the first side, along with Spit Out the Bone, and that was the whole record, that would be one of the best Metallica albums ever. Like, it's... Like, that first side is so, so good. So good. And Spit Out the Bone is great as well. But there's a lot of stuff on that second side I'm not that fussed about. Um, but, you know, I'm still glad they did it because, like, they were obviously feeling ambitious and that probably links into why the music was so good because they were on such a tear and they just wanted to keep going. So I'm glad they did it because... Like, I've got a lot of love for that album in general because there's loads of amazing stuff on there. But, um, yeah, Smashing Pumpkins is one loads of people reference. But I'm not the biggest fan. That's about it, really. Just do single albums, lads. That's all we need. That's all we need for now. <laughs> oh, Dead Mouse did a good one a few years ago as well, but that's probably not a ton of people that follow us would like that. Uh, speaking of concise, let's end it there. That's the end of this week's show, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you hanging with us while we're uh, in this quarantine madness. Um, if you're not bored of hearing me yabber on, uh, I've just started doing a little radio takeover on Feedback Radio, which you can find on the Feedback Radio website. Um, I think it's literally feedbackradio.co.uk. Uh, it's a Metal Hammer show, so I'll be talking a little bit about bits in the magazine, but mostly playing loads of awesome music. Uh, that's every Wednesday from 6 till 8 um, for the next couple of weeks. Um, and next week we're going to be back with the Metal Hammer podcast and we're doing the next podcast Hall of Fame and we're going to do Slipknot you've already heard one controversial opinion today so I'm sure there'll be more so tune in next week for that <laughs> goodbye everyone goodbye